Hey, all you Forexers out there. Thanks for tuning in once again to Forex Formula Radio. This is where we talk about all things real estate related, anything to do with real estate life, uh, insights to help you on your journey, things that uh, I've learned over my 22 years span in real estate, and in a couple months, I'll be hitting 23 years. Today, we're going to talk about making your competitors your ally. This was suggested to me by my wife, Nicole, actually. And I thought to myself, what a great idea. This is actually incredibly important. Let's cue the intro and then get right into it. Hi, I'm Kelly Johnston, founder of the Forex Formula. And the big question is this. How are real estate agents like us able to create a constant stream of commissions and a constant stream of leads while enjoying life without wasting big budgets on branding, without working crazy hours, without worrying where the next deal's coming from in today's real estate market? This podcast is here to reveal the answers. So how do you create allies out of your competition? It's a crazy idea, right? What a crazy question, right? When you think about it, how many industries out there will think of it as an advantage to align with their competition to increase their business effectiveness? Interesting, isn't it? This is a great topic to tackle today because it's an edge, it's a competitive edge. It's a nose, if you will. And what do I mean by that? Well, in the Forex Formula Real Estate course, I talk about this actually. I think it's in the goal setting section. Yeah, I talk about that. Now, have you ever have you ever watched a horse race? Um, it's not something that I do normally. I don't watch horse races very often. But I ran across something one day and it made me pay attention for some reason. And I learned what the horses earn when they when they win a race. Now, obviously, it's the owners of the horses that earn it, but whatever. So, but the thing that got me was how the money is distributed. It was shocking and alarming to me at first. And then later, it kind of started to make sense. So I then Googled images of horse race finishes. And there are so many images of three or four horses, like believe it or not, three or four horses coming across the finish line seemingly at the same time. Like there's some pictures I'm looking at some of those and I'm going, I have no idea who won this race. I have no idea by looking at the picture. It is unbelievable. And you know what? They have the technology now today to slow down video and they can kind of discern who the first place winner is, second place winner, and so on. It's astonishing to me because in real time, you, you, have, you would have no idea, absolutely no idea. I don't know how they did it like 40 years ago, you know? But anyway, but imagine being in the crowd and, and watching it on a screen or something and you bet a lot of money on this particular horse, right? But, and and that, that horse that you bet on is in that pack of winners, I mean, that would be nerve-wracking. Think about it. Because really, these horses were all winners. They were all good enough. And they were all fast enough to win. They were all well-trained. Their jockeys did their best job. And they were well-trained. And they were suited to the horse. To be in that pack of horses that all seemingly cross the finish line at the same time. But but there has to be a winner, right? There has to be a winner. So they, they look at the footage and they make a decision. So this is what I mean by a nose, just a slight lifting of the head at the exact moment. Being the fastest isn't really part of the scenario, really, when you get down to it, right? They were all fast enough, but 
which horse had a body part crossing the finish line just before the others? And then which one's in second place and so on, right? And a lot of times it, it simply comes down to the nose. And I looked at the money earnings from the last Kentucky Derby last year. And the first place horse won just under $2 million. So it was like $1,900,000 and something like that. And the second place horse won right around 600000 Now, $2 million, 600000 Imagine being that second place horse by less than a nose. Imagine that. I mean, oh my goodness. That would be a tough car ride home after that. You know, just imagine that. And then the third place horse, they won about 300000 and fourth place, 150 k In some cases, the third and fourth place horses were actually within a head or shoulder of the winners. And that's what I mean. So I look for things that will give me the edge, that nose that makes a difference. Does that make sense? Most of the things that are taught in the Forex Formula Real Estate Training Mastery Course are all about creating that for you. That's exactly what I'm after. That's what I'm trying to make happen. It's meant to give you that extra edge, that mindset principle, that tactic, that idea, that strategy, that tool, that intention, that new habit will give you that nose. It's the little things that actually add up to the big things, right? Would you agree with that? I hope so. I mean, you're listening right now. So anyway, in the horse world, it's worth a lot, obviously. $1.3 million difference. Like, I mean, that's crazy. 1.4 million almost. So that's a crazy thing. Anyway, so what do I mean by creating allies out of your competitors? Well, as you know, in the real estate business, our whole system is based on cooperation. We have an inventory of business at our disposal. Yes, we list homes and that's our own inventory. But really, it's just added to the overall inventory of product to be purchased out there, right? We know this. I mean, I, I know this isn't breaking news, but I'd like to challenge you with this question. Do you make it easy to buy? How well do you cooperate? Do you make the process easy in every way? Are other agents excited to work with you on a transaction? Now, we know that buyers are utilizing many different mediums of information to make decisions now, right? We, we don't withhold information anymore. That's the old way. Now, <laughs> many of you don't remember the book. We held the book. We weren't allowed to give out the book. Now, the book is out there on the internet. And our role has transformed. And in my opinion, for the better, for sure. Our client relationship is totally different now. And it's for the better for the people that we serve. I truly believe that. And some of you listening to this do not have to adapt to this way of thinking at all, which, which, which is really good. You're ahead of a lot of people that have been in the business since the late 90s or earlier. But you're going to have a lot of things to adapt to as well. We haven't arrived. It's not like we're here. You know what I mean? Things are actually changing and morphing faster than when I started. It's actually accelerating right now. And it's faster than ever. And, and it's not going to slow down. <laughs> so we have to keep up with it. But one of those things is how we treat our competitors out there. And it, it's, you know, the truth is it's not an us against them scenario anymore. We're not against them. 
were actually on the same team. All of those other agents out there are on our team. They provide inventory for us to sell our buyer clients, right? And, and they can provide buyers to buy our product that we market as well. So working together in harmony to ensure that our clients are served well really should be top of mind for all real estate professionals. That's the way it should be. So what are some ways that we can do that effectively? Let's talk about listing a property because that's where it really comes to light most, right? So I've noticed that some agents, they just do the absolute minimum when they list properties. And I, you know, these people, I call them listers. They're just listers. Their goal was to list the property. But then in their minds, their job is over. And this is actually the very thing that a lot of the general public thinks about us right now. They still kind of think it. And it's a tragedy that there's some people in our business that actually live up to that standard and that's not helping us. It's not helpful for our industry. So don't be that person, okay? Don't be that person. Do your best for your client, but to make the job easier for other agents looking to bring buyers to you, do your best for them too. Does that make sense? So let's just talk about a few things. Data entry, okay? So most real estate boards or associations have a system of data entry and then that goes into the system. And I just want to encourage you to take the time and enter all of the data that's applicable. Everything. Not just the minimum tick boxes. One example of that is um, property measurements of land dimensions. I see people put the square footage or square meters, but no frontage or depth sometimes. And, you know, that doesn't help anybody. The depth is actually important to a lot of people. Frontage is a lot of times very important to people. So if you have an ability to put that data into your system, get the data, get the answer and put it in there. It's really important to a lot of people, believe it or not. Get the house measurements right. Measure the homes properly. Get your office trainer to show you how to measure a home properly. Last year, Nicole and I found errors in listings that greatly impacted the listings. Honestly, it was unbelievable. Fortunately, most of the time, those errors actually worked in to the benefit of our clients. But to be honest, I know it worked to the detriment of the other agent's clients. And that's not cool. That's not cool at all. I don't want to necessarily always benefit from someone else being bad at their job. But in these cases, hey, it was who was I, I was representing and it helped them. So great. The square footage of the home on all levels and an accurate measurement of the unfinished square footage is really important to most people. It really is important. The roof material and the services that are connected and um, the items that the seller are going to include are all important things to a buyer, right? Like, so have those conversations and get that data in there. And if there's data that, um, that would be important to a buyer that's not in the tick box area, then put it in the comments if it's important and, and let them know about, like give them more information in the comments. Because sometimes if you think about it, a lot of the programs that are out there that the public is seeing doesn't give them all of the data. So there may be some important things that are going to get them to be excited about the property that aren't, aren't readily available or easy for them to see. So put it in the comments or have a picture of it. Okay, make sense? So if there's any outbuildings or workshops and there's no place in the data entry, put those measurements in the comments too. 
so that the people can learn about the things that are important to them. So measurements of a workshop or an outbuilding are actually quite important. You know, it's 10 by 12. Or if it's, you know, if it's 23 by 24, which is a great shape, right, for putting two vehicles in or building a workshop and how high are the doors, you know, so they can park an RV or a truck or maybe they have, you know, things that are like trailers that are a little bit higher and uh, they'd like to put their trailers in a shop, you know, that kind of stuff. They'd like to know the door height. We'll put it in there. So just think about who that buyer is. And we talk about this all the time in the, in the Forex Formula course. Think about who the buyer is, the things they're going to want to know, and let's communicate to them. Let's speak to them. Okay, let's move on. If there's a great view of, you know, that the property has and it had, talk about what that view is about. What are they looking at? And maybe have some pictures of that. Speaking of pictures, do the pictures show the true nature of the home? I see this a lot right now. Um, people are getting a little tricky and they're starting to doctor up photos now. And in my opinion, it can be too much. Make it look nice. Yeah. The lighting should be correct. Yes. The angles should show as much of a room as possible for sure. But some people are playing with the editing of the photos to the point of making it look fake. And what happens and the danger here is this creates kind of like a a little dream home visual in the buyer's mind that the home is not going to be able to live up to. Does that make sense? Because the buyer's going to get excited about it and then they're going to book in a showing and they're going to get to the house. And so they get excited about the home and then they walk through the door with this fabricated expectation, right? And then they see it for real now. There's going to be a disappointment that's actually going to enter into their mind. What you've done by accident or what these people have done is they've actually caused the buyer to go backwards emotionally. This is really dangerous because people get a little ticked off. And if they feel that they've been misled, then you're, you're going to lose that buyer. They were fooled by the photos. This is not good. Good photography is really important, but make sure it's a true representation of the product that you're selling. Does that make sense? That's a key element, actually, that I'm kind of seeing happen lately. See, I've even seen people put fake furniture in, like they actually have staging programs that like plunk stuff in there. I can see for new homes and stuff like that, totally. But for a home that's already furnished and there's people living there and then they they see, they come with a whole different expectation, you're messing with people's minds and it ticks people off. Don't do it, in my opinion. New construction, vacant homes, yeah, maybe it's a good idea. Documents. Documents that can be helpful for the other agents to give to their buyers is a great way to make the buying process easy. When we do a Matterport tour of our listings, we we have a Matterport machine and we, and we uh, do 3D tours of our listings. Well, we can also order up a floor plan as well. And there's companies that also do floor plan measuring and stuff like that. People love the floor plan. They love it. It really helps them visualize how they can live in this space. They look at the plans. They're sitting at home with a cup of coffee and they're kind of going over it. Really important stuff. Survey documents that you can get ordered for the property that show lot dimensions and house dimensions and shape of lot and, and where the house is in relation to where the, the boundaries of the property are. All that kind of stuff are really, really, really important. People love getting that kind of information. The title search and all the, the documents that pertain to the items on the title um, or title abstract or where, whatever it's called in your area. Um, any disclosure documents. Um, things that you need to disclose, um, you know, those should all be readily available and easy for people to get. 
Um, if you're selling a property in an HOA or a strata um, that has rules and bylaws and they do meetings and they have budgets and all that kind of stuff, have that information ready to go for buyers as much as possible. That, that's really, really important. Make it easy. Take away the questions. Shave away all the question marks as much as you can. If you have an income property for sale, for example, then what do you think is important to the buyer? The income? right? Maybe. (laughs) The expenses. They want to know what the net income is so that they can calculate how it's going to work, right, for their financing. We use the term cap rate where we are. And financing in a lot of areas actually where we are, financing is now predicated hugely on the cap rate. And actually the, they don't even do appraisals now. They take the income and they look at the cap, they take a cap rate measurement, that's the value they're going to lend on. So it's really important to lending institutions as well. So getting that information up front and not having to dig or, or scrape information or write an offer and then get the information later, um, you can always sign non-disclosure documents and, and stuff like that to get that information. So, uh, and if you ha- and if have that document readily available for someone to sign so that they sign that and say they're not going to tell people about it, and then you send the information to them, okay? So all of these kind of things, make it easy, make it easy. Um, What repairs and maintenance have been performed over the years, right? Get that together in a nice little package. So that's part of your email package that you send out uh, to people that inquire on the home. Speed is important. So do the prep prior, right? Prior to marketing, get all that prep work done. Speed is important. From the moment someone inquires to make a decision, Speed is important. If you take too long to get the information to the other party, they're going to lose interest or there's a risk of that happening, right? They'll move on. Reduce friction in the buying process. That's the key point to this whole podcast. Reduce friction in the buying process. This is how home purchases happen now. It's a process. They're not just buying things. They're going through a process. Make it easy for them to buy. Make it easy for the buyer to make a decision to buy your listing. The flip side of that is make it easy for the buyer to eliminate it as an option, right? So then that saves everybody a lot of time and aggravation and everything. Clear the path. Allow them to get the answers they need and keep it positive. Make it a positive experience. That buyer actually, and this is a little offshoot that happens sometimes, that buyer may be so impressed that they may choose to call you when it's time to sell, actually. They may not call the agent that helped them buy. They may call you because they thought you're an awesome listing agent because you gave them really good information quickly and it was pertinent to them and it was what they wanted. And this has happened to me. So when you do good business, then good business will come to you from places you've never imagined. (laughs) So do good business. Make sense? One last thought on this, okay? Now, think of it from the other side. How do you feel about dealing with another agent that has it all together? How do you feel when the other agent actually makes you look good? If your client wants information and you can get it easily from the other agent, saving you time and sometimes money, is that a good thing? Believe it or not, getting information when it's requested quickly instills confidence. It truly instills intrinsic value. And with that, psychologically, it actually will instill value In the home, you know, the thought goes on in their mind, right? They go, huh, must be worth it if the agent went to all this trouble. You know what I mean? If you have a listing that's competing with another home and the buyers are trying to make a decision and you deliver a full package and answer all their questions, making it easier for that other agent, do you think that gives you an edge, 
a nose up, do you think that there's a better chance of that buyer choosing your listing? Especially if the other agent likes working with you or even better, prefers working with you. The more agents that are in your business area that feel good about working with you, the better success that you're going to have. Have you ever thought about it that way? Make your competition your ally. Negotiations go way better when the two parties are not caught up in their own egos. You know what I mean? I find that if, if we minimize that battle mentality, then we have an opportunity to actually create win-win results for both of our clients. And that makes us both look good, makes us both feel good, makes us enjoy working together. Does that make sense? We're not opposing forces. We're actually meant to be working together. The only time that there should be a win-lose is when you're competing for that same listing, <laughs> right? You want to win and you hope they will lose in that sense, right? Make sense? But that's okay. The rules of the game are clear in that sense, right? You're going to win some, you're going to lose some. And hopefully with the right training, you're going to win more often and increase your conversion ratios. But that's the only time. You want to be known as the agent that everyone loves dealing with. You want to be known as the capable agent who deals with all the details and does a great job. Respect within your industry is important. Respect with your peers is very important. Building a good reputation as someone who is friendly, capable, professional, and easy to work with is going to make your life as a real estate agent much more enjoyable. Truly. Another little thing that we do, um, Nicole and I, after a transaction closes and everyone's paid, we send a little uh, card with a $10 Starbucks card in it. It's not a big deal. It's 10 bucks, but it's just a gesture. And we send that to the other agent to just kind of reinforce the experience. And we just do that as a little extra. And it's just kind of a little thank you. I find that this goes a long way in creating good relations in our area. That's just something we do. I hope you found some value today in this podcast. And I hope it causes you to maybe think a little differently about your competition for the sake of your clients, right? It's an all around better way to do business. And it's the way of the Forex agent for sure. Thank you for your time today. And I'm thankful for you. I really am. And I wish you all the best in your real estate businesses. I want to quickly let you know um, that we're getting close to launching. We're running a test group through some bonus material right now to make sure that the back end works like I want it to. And then we're going to be releasing a one hour free training session. So make sure you, you sign up for that or get on the waiting list for that. So you, that, that's just free. And then we're going to launch the whole course, the Forex Formula Real Estate course, like right after that. So right now it's looking like about 20 hours of content and like a binder of tools to implement into your businesses that we've created for you. So this, this is tons of value in this. There's never been anything like this. And I'm so excited to deliver this to you. I'm, I'm just, I'm so excited. It's coming real soon. Anyway, take care and make a great day. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that last episode. Here's the reality that you may or may not know. The top 20% of real estate agents take home 80% of the money out there, while the bottom 80% are fighting over 20% of the scraps that are left. 
Do you have a desire to be in the top 20%? If you're working hard and not sustainably making six figures of income and beyond, the problem is not you, it's your system. I struggled for years until one day the light bulb came on and I figured out how to simplify the real estate business. If you want to learn my secrets that anyone can implement immediately that I still use every day that pays me multiple six figures every year, go to 4xformula.com right now. That's 4xformula.com. The number 4xformula.com.